So this morning I came on this article, Ion Design, talking about decolonizing graphic design, and it is absolutely bonkers. It's also absolutely perfect for making it clear how the critical social justice mindset works. Uh, right from the beginning, they talk about that you have to understand the terms decolonization. And they say that it is kind of the process of undoing colonization, which is rooted in indigenous people's experiences of oppression, specifically the seizure of native resources, as well as, and this is key, as well as the embedding of Western ideology into society. So when they talk about decolonization, and they say this explicitly in this article, they aren't talking about just taking people out of colonial contexts or formal colonial contexts. They're literally talking about changing the way people think and scrubbing so-called Western ideologies out of those societies. Those ideologies include things like meritocracy, liberalism, science, reason, civility, um, human nature, individualism, universalism, the idea that you can have a melting pot society instead of a uh, necessarily multicultural one. So these are the kinds of things they're, they're trying to take away. As you proceed through this article, as you proceed through this article, you'll realize that there are some blatant agendas taking place. Um, there's lots of details that we could talk about here and there. One is that the it's not even that it's a matter of whether or not you can be woke enough. In fact, it's almost beside the point with this decolonization stuff. Uh, it's repeatedly visible throughout the article that this critical method that they're using is about one thing and one thing only. It only knows how to do one thing, which is to complain about problematics. They find what they call problematics, which are things that don't match up with the way they think the world should be, and they complain about them. They don't have to understand why they happen. They don't understand have you know have to understand if there are trade-offs involved. They don't have to understand the constraints on the system that lead you to this. They just complain about things that aren't perfect. Um, so they write things like uh, when Western conventions are centered in design, this means that anything else is seen as different, with different in quotation marks. When a homogenous group of people decide what's good, with good in quotation marks, it's detrimental to the profession and results in the majority of people striving toward a similar style. So people taking on a similar style, perhaps something that actually works, something that has had a good result. And if you see the design in the article, you can see that their design is terrible. Uh, that's considered to be a Western ideology that needs to be taken apart. Here we have an article literally about recognizing identity as it as, as it pertains to the idea of uh, graphic design. And then you have this paragraph complaining about this person having an experience being labeled as a black designer. Well, you can't ask to be labeled as a black designer and then be upset when you get labeled as a black designer. If you're trying to remove yourself from the white and Western design context and decolonize that and be something intentionally different, shattering expectations, as they say later in the article, and then somebody says, oh, well, this person wants to be known as a black designer, so so-and-so is a black designer, you can't then complain about being called a black designer. But of course, they do, because that's what critical methods do. They don't try to understand the, the phenomenon. They just complain about how problematics arise. 
it goes on in various ways and drawing upon various metaphors, talking, for instance, about their one of their favorite observations, this old metaphor about a fish swimming in water doesn't know that it's in water. And, you know, one fish says to the other fish, well, we're all in water. The wise one says that, and the, and the other fish says, what's water? And, you know, they think that this is literally how people uh, interact with the world. They literally think that um, we live in this hegemonic society where our patterns of thought are so conditioned and so constrained by the socialization that we've had that we don't realize things can be different. So it's kind of like that moment everybody has, you know, as a teenager or even throughout life later where you suddenly realize, oh, wow, that's a new to, a new way to think about something. Oh, I never thought of that. And then perpetually thinking that everything we do and think is wrong because you've had those experiences. So you think they must lie behind everything. And so the the takeaway that they get from that, you know, almost kind of observation you can imagine somebody coming to while they're on hallucinogenic drugs is that we need to tear down the system because our system is full of of ways that we condition ourselves to think in one way one pattern only and not do something different doesn't matter if that pattern works whether it's good graphic design in this context whether it's functional science in another context whether it's rules of order that operate well in a meeting, as we heard in the Washington State Legislature when they were saying that moving forward with the agenda was it was literally speaking white supremacy. So this is very typical of the um, the mindset and critical uh, theories. Here we have it in, de- in the decolonization context, coming out of post-colonial theory uh, and critical pedagogy. And they talk about the goal being shattering the familiar. That of course is common in queer theory as well. And in fact, it's the point of queer theory. Um, so they talk about the fact that the values have to be reorganized away from whatever values in this case, graphic design has and reorganized to the point of, of shattering the familiar. That needs to be the value. The core value of graphic design is to shatter the familiar. And then it doesn't take them long to go on and say what that looks like. And it involves making sure that everybody give work to people who are either avant-garde or in particular, there's an entire paragraph or a couple of paragraphs, a whole section in this article talking about how you want to give your design work to people uh, who are into the decolonization movement and that have the right identities as theory explains what those are. Um, it wouldn't be appropriate for a white designer to use Mexican or Indian or black motifs. They, they literally talk about that. They talk about the, the East Indian Tea Company using uh, Indian patterns and fabric on some of their, their materials where they package their tea and that this is an inappropriate theft of Indian culture that just taps into the centuries of colonialism where the British stole the resources, not least tea. Um, and then at the end, you get, you get to the real thing, right? This is the core point of this critical methodology. Uh, wouldn't you know it? Uh, decolonization is a process that never ends. What do they write? Ultimately, and I quote, there is no finite end that we're trying to reach. Decolonization is a process. The fact that it is a journey means that in order to keep evolving, we must be continually curious and educate ourselves about what we haven't experienced directly. 
For far too long, designers have remained married to the concept that what we do is neutral, universal, that politics has no place in design. Yet the choices we make as designers are intrinsically political. With every design choice we make, there's the potential to not just exclude, but to oppress. Every design subtly pervades its audience one way, sorry, every design subtly Every design subtly persuades its audience one way or another, and every design vocabulary has history and context. Learning about the history of colonialism will open our eyes to how power structures have formed society today and how they dominate our understanding of design. This is all they do. This is all they say. They have one trick, and they say it over and over and over and over again in different ways, in different contexts, in different words. And it's to say that we need to... Consider the fact that everything's political and that the politics uphold injustice and that injustice is everywhere and everything we do contributes to it. And so we need to not just stop doing that. We need to engage in an ongoing process with no finite end that keeps evolving. In other words, we have to sign up for a perpetual revolution that's led by the fickle, complaining uninformed wants of critical theorists. That's what they're after. They tell us in article after article after article, whether that's at the academic level, the popular level, whether it's a book, whether it's a speech, a video, a podcast, it doesn't matter. They tell us over and over and over again. It's an ongoing process of continual revolution of the entire system so that they can maintain power. Decolonization is a process that never ends. It has no destination, just perpetual revolution. Perpetual power grabbing by whoever can complain the loudest and whoever has the most oppression in their history behind them. So if I had one thing to say about all this, it's that when these people, when these critical theorists who are trying to take over everything tell you what they're about, listen to them. Believe them. They mean it. 